Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. This is episode 24 on the Merry Biz podcast with Jared Robinson. Welcome to Merry Biz. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our merry biz on. Today's guest has developed award-winning educational software used by millions. Known throughout the online community as the PE Geek, he has created an invaluable resource for teachers seeking effective use of 21st century tools in physical education. He presents and runs workshops all over the world while running his blog, podcast, and leading a private member's community. He does this all while working only a handful of hours per day. Welcome to Merry Biz, Jared Robinson. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, we're so excited to have you on the show. Yes. And the- well, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first question we ask all our guests is what has been on your agenda today? What's your day been like? Well, to be honest, I started the day um, by doing a little bit of brewed coffee. I'm not sure if you've um, seen my... <laughs> My love of this at the moment, but I'm I'm making cold brew coffee. So I, I started the day by brewing some of that, and mm-hmm. uh, it's therapeutic. I'm not sure if you know you guys are into it, but the whole notion of doing this one thing that I do every day is mm-hmm. is sort of therapeutic. And for me, that's been the cold brew coffee stuff. So that's been my oh. agenda. And um, other than that, just creating some content for next week. Awesome! awesome. Sounds like a great day. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, always, always. So. The PE Geek, love the name, love everything you do. How did it all begin? Take us back. This is going back quite a while. So, I mean, I'm like an original, you know, OG in the internet space and I didn't even <laughs> <Gangster>. realize. So, <laughs> exactly. Original gangster. <laughs> yeah. So, in, I mean, 2008, I set up this little hobby blog, um, you know, not even knowing what blogging really was. I knew it was a word and I knew it was something that was cool. And if I was a teacher, which I was, you'd probably want to know about how they work. So I set one up and I told my students about it and um, started writing about, you know, things that I was doing in my class. Mm -hmm. So different ways that I was using technology and and things like that. But um, I I was writing to myself and myself only and uh, maybe my mum read it. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yay, mum. Of course. But, you know, eventually it gets to the point where you have someone leave a comment on Mm -hmm. your blog and, you know, I still remember it. This one comment said, this is the truest and most brilliant thing I've ever read. Wow. That's, that was the comment. But funny story is that it was, I didn't realize until about three years later, but that was a spam comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Seriously, it got through. <laughs> 
spam comment. You know, I was I remember being so wrapped thinking, who did this? This is amazing. <laughs> and I wrote my next blog post and my next blog post and all of them based on this one comment that really wasn't even genuine. But <laughs> flat, flash forward, you know, after three years of writing stuff and writing content, um, I eventually sold my first thing and um, it was a, a 99 cent ebook. Cool. And um, that was like a, a you know a big change in that you could be helpful and benefit from it. So that's the basic story of where it all began. Wow. Okay. Well, then we will fast forward, and we <laughs> want to know about this software educational stuff that you create because, like, we've met you, but we honestly don't really know what you do. <laughs> so we want you to tell us and all our listeners. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, the basic premise is. If you're a teacher, I help you use technology in your classroom more effectively. But more more precisely than that, I help phys ed teachers use technology more yeah. effectively. So that's through multiple channels. It's through obviously the blog and it's through, you know, webinars and things like that. But um, when the iPhone sort of exploded, yeah, I was like struck with so many different ideas for, wow, imagine if I build an app that let me do X or, you know, did this or did that. And it was early days, sort of 2011 time. And um, I just started looking for how you can build an app. And I didn't know anything about this sort of world, but uh, eventually found some people and, you know, got in touch with them and hired their services, if you like. And I built the world's worst app for $500. <laughs> it was terrible. It, I had no idea what I was doing. And I just had this idea in, head, in my head. And I mean, eventually... It made its money back. I don't know how, but um, from there I just kept doing that and kept, you know, using the money from the previous to make the next. And, you know, many years later I've built over 70 and wow. um, they're all for my target audience. So they're all for PE teachers mm -hmm. in their class, you know, their tools for them. So it, it started as one and no idea and eventually led down to being award-winning educational apps. That's amazing. So what's your favourite one? Well, I mean, I had one that um, recently won Best Educational App for 2000 and what, last year, 2015. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's a lesson planning app designed for general teachers but also for phys ed teachers. And oh. it's sort of begun as, and you guys would be testament to this, getting your ideas from your audience, like mm -hmm. people emailing you and asking for, you know, the latest, you know, have you got any tips for this? People were emailing me all the time about what would you plan with, um, you know, wow. if paper was not an option and I just got started um, building this particular piece of software to suit me and to suit the people who said it was a problem and, um, you know, net result was winning this design award for educational app and, and actually beating the state government who employed me because they had an app in that category as well. Oh, my gosh. Boom. You're yeah. amazing, Jared. Boom. Straight away. It was quite surprising because, you know, I met and spoke with the people at the award ceremony and, mm -hmm. and you know, I said, I'm actually an employee in your department. Um, and they, yeah, wow. they hadn't even realized because up until, you know, this point, I'm still working a full-time yeah. teacher job. So have yeah. you, but so we've seen your Facebook photos and we were stalking you while you're traveling all around the world. Do you still work <laughs> as a teacher? Well, in July of 2015 mm -hmm. was the last time I was in a classroom. Um, I took six months leave to go and, and deliver workshops and training and stuff in around the globe, so literally mm -hmm. lots of countries and so forth. And, um, yeah, I, I would normally be back at school as of yesterday, mm -hmm. but um, no, I'm not. So I'm, I'm now full-time online 
delivering workshops. Yeah, full time. <laughs> Still technically, you know, connected to a school. Like I'm on um, unpaid leave, but that's just there, I guess. And um, yeah. I'm just doing this now and doing workshops and all the other million and one things I have on on the go. Workshops. Well, I mean, it's wrapped around the premise of helping phys ed teachers be better with using technology. So, and you do them all over the world. We've been to thirty countries. So, the, I mean, the Whoa. process for that is is quite cool. So, it's all about how much you know about your audience. So, the more you know about the audience, the more you um, can identify their issues and so forth. The more you can deliver products that potentially suit them. And for me, I I happen to ask where they live as part of the process of getting to know them. So smart. They become tags in their, you know, mm-hmm. in, in our email list. And mm-hmm. based on engagement, I will see that I have a big audience in this country and who's opening all my emails. And then I'll go and place a workshop in that location and market it to them. And um, yeah, we've just repeat that process. And we've been to, to 30 countries and just got back from China and Japan in the last week. Crazy. Yeah. So what tool do you use for your email list? Okay, so it's a com- we use Active Campaign. Uh, yeah. So you know, as soon as people come in through various different funnels and um, other you know entryways, they well, will quickly. Yeah, Jared, right? can you tell everybody what's a funnel? A funnel. Before last year, we had no idea what a funnel was. Well, I mean, I guess I have my own definition. Uh, it may We'd be different to, to everyone, but I, I view a funnel as sort of like an entry point into content um, that you may have, and that entry point could lead to some sort of monetized product. But the whole idea is that. You bring people in, expose them to your brand and uh, sending emails is the method I tend to use and eventually they funnel down like, you know, some water or something and they end up either in a product or on your email list. So, yeah, you're funneling out and finding people who um, maybe will be interested in paying for your programs. Probably not. I love that definition. I don't know. It's probably not a real definition but it's how I think of it. It makes sense which is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, I have – my main goal is to be helpful to PE teachers and um, some people will funnel through and buy a product that helps me be more helpful and others won't. But, and, you know, that's just the reality of it. Awesome. So back to Active Campaign before I rudely interrupted you. <laughs> that's okay. So your Active Campaign is what I use and uh, it's quite cool because it will geotag people automatically so oh. based on where they, where they open emails. And for me that's really powerful because, yeah. you know, I we don't just do stuff in Australia or in a specific place, mm-hmm. we 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 literally go everywhere, and um, and the reason we can do that is we know where people are, mm. and then we know that you know there's a mass of people in a location, and we get in touch with them and get a workshop happening. I love that, me so too. Smart. So much power in a good um, email software thingy. <laughs> and how much you know about people, it's, yeah. you know, if they're a beginner, if they're advanced, you know, you shouldn't be sending the same stuff to people. And assuming they're all the same because they're not. So if you can know more about them, then you can be really more helpful. Yeah, I love that. Me too. So like as like growing up in Bendigo, did you grow up in Bendigo? Close to, near enough. Close to Bendigo. Like did you always want to be an entrepreneur and were you always into that techie stuff? I was always into tech, uh, completely. So, I mean, I was always into sport and I was always into technology. So um, the the logical marry-up was, you know, if you're not going to be an Olympic athlete, which is what I wanted to be, but that didn't happen, what can I do in that same space? Like jam them together and you become a PE teacher. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was always interested in tech and as soon as I got into the classroom, I was looking for ways to introduce it. And But, you know, entrepreneurially wise, 
it wasn't really until I started making money online that I looked back and then looked at other things that I'd done. And no joke, I was in a stage where I was, you know, five, or not maybe not five, 10 years old with my younger brother walking around the neighborhood and we were stealing flowers from people's gardens, <laughs> making popuri out of it. But the popuri was, I mean, this is how poor it executed it was. We were spraying it with like deodorant, like impulse. And selling it back to people, and I think they bought it out of pity, like not <laughs> that knowing is so that. Cute. Yeah, so I guess there was always this hidden urge to make and create and have someone reward you for that. Yeah. That's the best story. Me and Emma, we used to sell cards on our, um, on our at driveway. the end of the driveway. We'd make cards so and cool. sell them. <laughs> oh, Isn't that awesome? It is. It's so funny to think back to those times. Yeah. So, I mean, your software is used by millions of people all over the world. How of, yeah. do you get it in front of their eyes? How do you well, market I mean, to them? There's so many, so many ways that that, that happens. So, I mean, the, the blog posts, mm-hmm. obviously, I will, you know, isolate some of the the software that we have produced and you know make it available to people. Cool. Our workshops also. So, mm-hmm. if we do a workshop, there'll be a list of things they need to come with, and some of them will be ours. Ah. But the good part about it is because of the space that I occupy, which is physical education, yeah. right? I have those sort of keywords in the app store. Yeah. And if you go and search for those keywords, how many PE teachers make software do you think? Oh, my gosh. One. One. You. One. Pretty oh much. Oh, my God. It's so, amazing. So just by the fact that there isn't many people competing and using those metrics and targeting the same audience, um, it, it becomes pretty organic in the way people search for it. So if you're a teacher and you jump on and you want to know what – you don't know what you're looking for, but you type in your subject area, you're probably going to come up to my stuff and that's that's always good. So cool. That's so that's bad. like you have like your niche down pack, like PE teachers really? and you just like own that place. <laughs> Completely, yeah. And, and like it sounds smarter than it is. It really does. But, we, I, you know, I had no fore planning in any of this. Yeah. Like I wrote content to be helpful for three years. Wow. And, you know, a lot of mistakes I see people do online is they try and quickly jump into that get rich, you know, Mm -hmm. blog, create content, but then start thinking way too early about trying to monetize it. And only by accident that I sort of eventually arrive at that logical, you know, option to me. But trying to do it again in a new area now, Mm. I can see how, you know, people sometimes – um, jump to it a little bit too soon. I'm not saying you have to wait three years, by the way. I'm yeah. just saying you should be helpful first and the 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 opportunities for income might come later. Yeah, I think that's a really, really yeah. good message. All about creating sure. amazing, helpful content. Yeah, so what do you reckon is the biggest business lesson you've learned throughout all of this? Seeing as it, was, it wasn't even planned, but it just like accidentally happened. Well, I've got this opposite problem of a lot of people and that is that um, – you know, I tend to have some sort of like ADHD when it comes to <laughs> new ideas completely. Like I am, I'm on the opposite side. So some people might procrastinate. I'll do the opposite and will have spent money on domains and hosting and, you know, all sorts of things before I've really thought about whether this is a good idea. <laughs> and probably the, I'm saying it's sort of a good skill, but at the same time, it's not because there's, you know, there's been moments where I've wasted um, resources and time and mm-hmm. my effort. Um, so maybe the lesson is like focusing in on that one thing that's really got leverage mm-hmm. in your business. And, you know, for a long time I was chasing revenue in areas that were just cool or, you know, the next new thing or, mm. 
But when I started to focus in on the one thing that really matters for me, and that is training and helping teachers, mm. not building the new software tool or this or that and the other, I've seen more of a you know growth for me. So yeah, I guess 80-20, focusing on the the 20% of things that bring in 80% of your, your revenue and that's been a big lesson for me, you know, doing less basically. Can you repeat that one again, the 80-20 <laughs> thing? thing? Well, I'm a probably, I probably said it wrong but, the you know, 80-20, focusing on that 20% of things that you do uh-huh. that bring in the 80% of your results. No, it makes sense. Um, not everything is equal and um, you shouldn't really, you know, put input into everything equally when only a certain amount of things that you do actually matter. Yeah, and for yeah. me, that's training. That's going and running workshops. Mm. That's doing the online community stuff. That's where the impact is. Making a 99-cent app and promoting that and putting a lot of resources into it probably doesn't bring the same results as the other. Yeah, yeah, totally get that. So, so simple. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Just breaking it all down yeah. and focusing. focusing. Big, it is, for lesson. sure. Focusing on focus. <laughs> okay so what does the future look like for PE Geek like what are the big plans or you're just going to follow what's working um big part like it's it's in line with what I've just spoken about so it's streamlining and it's you know focusing on the training component which is the biggest part of our Mm -hmm. revenue but um what we've done uh, recently is move away from just being phys ed technology Mm -hmm. so um PA Geek is still that, still exactly the same, the content's about that. But there's an umbrella company above it called Connected PE, which is, and it always has been called Connected PE, but we're now starting to create content for that space. Uh-huh. And the big example of that is the new community, which I run at the present, yeah. uh, called the Connected PE Community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I use the skills and knowledge that I've sort of built in this space to bring in other phys ed experts who aren't online, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. So. If there's someone, we you know, we all are teaching the same audience, but they have a really good message. You know, there might be a professor at a university. I get in touch with them. We run webinars for my community. Mm. So I'm starting to bring in people from outside. And um, that leads into the conference, which I'm organizing in Dubai um, in October, which what? is a full-scale, you know, 300 people plus conference um, of all phys ed um, areas. So that's the future, I guess. That is amazing. <laughs> I love how you said, you know, it's just in line with what I said yeah, before. And just, then you just dropped the Dubai bomb. Like, oh my God. <laughs> how crazy is that? So I'm guessing that's probably like looking to be one of the craziest things that's going to happen in, you know, the next year. What else, like what else has been crazy? Like you've been traveling everywhere. Like tell us all about that. Yeah, I mean it's the the Dubai thing is going to be huge because, you know, we're assembling assembling the biggest phys ed sort of, you know, celebrities if you like in the phys ed space. You would never have heard of any of them but (laughs) they're big in the PE world and they're coming (laughs) in to to run at our event and so that's that's pretty much all of 2016 promoting and marketing that. But in and amongst Amazing. that is just more of the same thing, which is doing what works, um, which is the training and getting people into a recurring community as well. So, um, you know, once they've been to a live event, if they really want to leverage their skills and ability, we get them into a recurring community and um, we can have more impact. So it's doing more of that. Um and yeah. yeah, seeing as much of the planet as I can in the process. So yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah, I mean, at, normally, like I said, I'd be back at school. I would be in the classroom now for twelve hours every day, which included my travel time. I would be stuck on 
a really unleveraged thing, which was teaching 30 kids, right? Loved it. Think, you know, it was the whole reason I've got my business, but now it's all about what can you do that's way more leveraged so that, you know, I can impact more people. So if that means now I don't work in the class and I get to assist 30 teachers in a workshop and then they go to their school and impact students, which is more leverageable? It's the it's the mm-hmm. one that I'm pursuing at the moment. It's you know the one where I'm dealing with a greater potential impact that I'm excited mm, about. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So that's where I'm at. So exciting. So that's your mission to impact as many people in that like PE space, but also educational space as well. Yeah, and I, I was really limited by being in a classroom. So mm, you know, yeah. I every, if you look at what I did in the last four years while building this. I would use my school holidays and my weekends to do workshops. So I didn't have those things. I'd hop on a plane and fly overseas for two days sort of process, which was mad. Wow. But, you know, I would have to say no to so many things because I had this full-time job, um, which I love, but it just, it took away from my ability to help more people. So now like my, my, you know, excitement is on the fact that I do whatever I feel like it now. I run a workshop couple of times a month and then the rest of the time um, I just get to enjoy the awesomeness of being able to run a business that suits your life mm-hmm. and for me that includes travel and uh, it's it's cool it's really cool as you know it's excited so by things cool. that you're interested in I think you guys would be the same yeah. definitely yeah, I love totally. it so you spoke lots about your recurring community and I'd just love you to kind of explain that concept because I know some of our listeners probably have never really heard of what a, a recurring community is I know we'd never heard of it like six months ago yeah I mean I made the mistake in the years gone by of um, selling one-time products so mm-hmm. I would sell a product and I di- I've sold my previous membership community as a one-time price but it it sort of never had an end point. So people were constantly getting support and guidance, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm still sort of trapped in that at the present that I've got to provide support for people forever, but they paid me once a long time ago and, and uh-huh. you know, now I'm sort of stuck there. But fortunately it wasn't a heap of support I have to provide because that could have been mm-hmm. terrible. But yeah. moving across to a recurring mindset, now I pay, you know, they pay me at the beginning and then they continue to pay me. Um, as long as I continue to deliver value. So, um, you know, they can pay me on an annual basis for this access to extra material or they pay me monthly. And then over time, you're building up um, your revenue stream so that's predictable, so that you know how much yeah. you're earning from one month to the next. Because I never used to. I used to be like, well, if I sell 100 memberships this month, then I'm going to earn this. But the next month you might sell 10. So yeah, it, it was always fluctuating. And it never really mattered for me because I still had a, a job, right, um, mm-hmm. which was the recurring part for me. But now doing it full-time, it's nice to know where your income's coming from because you've got a guaranteed revenue stream if you like. Yeah, yeah totally. totally get that. And if people totally don't find value, they leave. And I've got no yeah. commitment to sort of continue with them and um, it's nice to know that in a year's time if you've provided value to someone, then they will pay you again. So it's it's yeah. it's it's a really good way to validate what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So exciting. Okay, so <laughs> good I want to know more about how you keep balance. So, you know, you're working on your, your work stuff. Now that you don't work in the classroom, what do you do? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm still new at this, this side of the, the spectrum. So, I mean, for me, I was, you know, working more than 12 hours a day when – up until when I finished teaching. 
And a big part of that was because I had to travel and, and teach and then I would come home and work on the business. So balance was not part of the discussion up until recently, like not at all. But then I went overseas for six months and um, I enjoy the luxuries of just being a tourist and really working about three or four hours a day, if that makes sense. And what I what I noticed was, uh, sorry, three or four hours a week, not not a day. <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, I was like a day sounds great. Yeah, no, honestly, it was a week, and I'm serious because of the fact that it was we had to. I was like a tourist, you know. I'm hopping on planes here. And yeah. I'm checking out this famous landmark, but it sort of was really important because it took me away from working these ridiculous amount of hours that I used to yeah. to working way less. And what I noticed is I nothing was impacted. I actually earned more. And oh it sort of enforced me to become way more automatic with everything that happened. So, um, you know, that I had to be really smart about email sequences and tagging and having a staff and team to support me and making sure that automation was um, sort of, you know, really high class. And since I've got back, which is as of about sort of four weeks ago from that six-month <laughs> trip, um, I'm still discovering what I'm going to be doing during that time when I don't have to be working um, yeah. because now my day is just made up of, you know, three or, three or four hours of work and uh, some video games, a bit of exercise, brewing coffee. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to discover that. So it's it's something that I would yeah definitely like to talk about later on as well. Yeah. Well, I just love that you have the time for it, like it, that it's there and it's waiting. And you actually have to think, oh, what am I actually going to do with yeah. this time? For sure. And that's why this whole coffee thing, it sounds silly, but um, this, this cold brew coffee craze that I'm on at the moment is part of that. It's like I've got whole days now where I don't have to do anything but just, you know, some blog posts and emails. What can I do that sort of is exciting and like hobby-like? Yeah. And at the moment the cold brew coffee thing is that. And it's also going back and finding – um, things that I used to do when I was 18, yeah. nine, 19 and haven't done since I started, you know, a full-time job. I love that. And video games is one of them. And it's not saying I sit there for six hours a day and play it, but <laughs> I find that therapeutic and I haven't really been able to enjoy that since I started full-time work. I love That's that. That's so exciting. So who was your biggest influence growing up? Biggest influence? It was always sports people. So um, anyone who was involved in the sports space, um, like I was massive track and field athletics. Um, that's, you know, my interest area. And I'd say they had big influences on me. Um, but, yeah, like business and stuff was really not on my radar. The only time I ever heard anyone talk about that, you know, that's what I was suited to was someone telling me that I wasn't suited to being a teacher. I was, oh, yeah, I was in year 12 and they said, no, nah, Jared's not a teacher. He's a business. He should be a business owner. And it's funny because now my business is teachers and teaching and I'm a business owner around that. So it's like, yeah, the two careers sort of combined. Um, yeah, it wasn't on my radar, any business people who inspired me or anything like that. It's only been later. Yeah. Wow. So what about right now? Who's your biggest like inspiration or influence? Is this in like a business sense? In a whatever in any sense. sense. Well, Elon Musk, without a doubt, like yeah. just complete. If you want to look at someone who's, you know, revolutionizing the way that we're going to yeah. be living the world and um, it's just no further evidence by him. And uh, I also love this particular podcast called Exponential Wisdom, Ooh. which is um, it's in the same space. It's by Dr. Peter Diamandis. And he's um, and another guy, and and they talk about the sort of technologies and 
the things that are really going to impact us as we grow old and um, it's, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It gets me motivated to think bigger um, because the stuff they're talking about is sort of that 10x mindset. Um, you know, what can you do right now that's 10x? Because there's no competition up at 10x. That's sort of the idea. Oh, wow. Everyone's looking for rapid, you know, small improvements. Yeah. But, you know, if you think bigger, maybe you only achieve 4x, but, you know, you've just gone past all of your competition. Mm. That's kind of cool. I like that. So in your whole entire journey of, you know, falling into business and everything just kind of happening, what do you think (laughs) is the biggest business lesson you've learned from all of that that maybe would help our listeners who are just starting their businesses? I think you just have to take action like you Mm -hmm. honestly do. So, I mean, fall forward and fail forward. Um, with Mm -hmm. everything that happens, it's pretty cliche that, you know, your failures are good, but just make sure that you fail forward and not fail back and think that's the end. And, yeah. um, and there's no such thing as, um, you know, ac- action that's imperfect. I, I just think you just need to take action and whatever the outcomes of that are, it's better than sitting there and stalling and having nothing sort of a, a perpetuate. And that's sort of testament to where this has all happened. Like when I built that first app, the first ever mm-hmm. thing that I sort of really monetized, um, the only thing that made, made it a success was that I actually hired the person to make it happen. And, um, I know plenty of people that have since said, Hey, I got an idea. Uh, and I've told them exactly what they need to do. You just need to click this button and talk to this person or whatever yeah. it may be. And the difference is they've taken action and others haven't. And I just think I continue to take action. And I reckon those that do either fail or success or whatever, but for me, that's the secret. I love, I that. love it. Love oh my it. gosh. Well, we're almost out of time. I mean, there's been so many yeah. aha moments and so much action. I think everybody's going to be able to take. Everybody take some action. Um, and we do have one last question for you. But before we get you to answer that one, we'd love you to tell everybody where they can find more info about you. Okay. So, I um, mean, if you want to check out my phys ed stuff, that's over at thepeergeek.com. And um, that's where you'll probably not be interested, but it's phys ed technology and you can see how I'm um, leveraging the internet for those sorts of things. But I also blog at The Teacherpreneur, um, and that's more in line with business. And um, my, you know, my passion at the present is helping other teachers unleash their skills yeah. to um, grow a brand and an audience and so on. So that's theteacherpreneur.com. Ah, oh, so cool. Exciting. Okay, so our last question that we ask all our guests is, what is the mantra you're living by right at this moment? I guess it's to live life like I used to. Um, before I got oh. stuck into the, you know, the full, full-time work and, you know, letting go of some of the things that I used to enjoy but just didn't have enough time for. So I, I'm not using that as an excuse for anything anymore, time, and it's making sure that I do everything that um, I really want to. So if that means I want to play video games, I'll play video games. If that means I want to play golf, I'll play golf. So, um, yeah, not forcing myself to do anything that that isn't part of, yeah, my you know, enjoyment factor basically. Yeah. yeah. And it's, oh, I love it. it's proving to be quite fun and quite rewarding. It's amazing. So inspiring, yeah. Jared. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on Merry Beers. It's been so fun and just You're great. Welcome. All the content. I'm like excited yeah, about this it. one. I just can't <laughs> wait to share it. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yay. Oh my God. You're amazing, Jared. You're the best. Well, that was so much 
fun. Thank you again to Jared for coming on the show. Now, remember, guys, if you want all of the latest updates on the Merry Biz podcast, just sign up over at themerrymakersisters.com forward slash biz. That's B-I-Z. And all of the new episodes will be delivered straight to your inbox. If you guys loved the show, be sure to share it with your friends so they too can be super inspired. Yay! Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you